So basically to break it down to the bare essentials, the ultimate business in mobile home parks is just renting land to people who have their homes on them. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys. How are you doing today? Welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, the number one podcast geared towards helping international investors break into the U.S. market and start buying cash-flowing deals. From Los Angeles, I'm Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, guys, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to tune in. And I want to thank you guys for leaving some awesome comments about the show. And so before we dive in to meet the guest today, I want to take a few moments to give, read a bit of a shout out to some of the people who've taken some time to leave a comment on iTunes. And the first shout out goes to Salma Boogie. And they say, highly recommended investing podcast. The information presented in Reed's podcast is interesting and relevant for those who want to grow their real estate investments in the US and also for those who are just interested in the US in general. As an investor, I highly recommend this podcast. Well, thanks, Selma Boogie. Great feedback. The second shout out is from Sefer B. And Sefer says, loaded with valuable information. Five stars. Reads hosts a terrific podcast for new and experienced investors. He has a unique craft to make the process of investing in the US easy to understand and implement. The lessons taught can be applied to anyone. It is truly worth your investment time. Invest, investment in time, I should say. Sorry about that. Guys, thank you so much, Sefa and Salma Boogie, for making the effort and leaving a review. It really does help this show out because it, iTunes can see that I'm actually providing some awesome cracking content and you guys are loving that content so so if you haven't left a review jump on itunes now or head over there whatever you want to do leave a review and maybe next time i will give you a shout out you know we might be the next shout out person on this show okay last thing about housekeeping is that as you some of you know i've been doing uh, a free 30 minute call with uh with some of my listeners and the reason for that call is to give back to you guys help you guys in your real estate business uh, on this call, it's completely up to you. I don't sell you anything. I don't pitch you anything. The call is whatever you want it to be about. We can talk about a deal. We can talk about any roadblocks or bottlenecks you're having in your real estate investing business. So if you are interested, uh, my calendar fills up pretty quickly. I have about four or five spots a week. Just hit me up on my email at read at rsnpropertygroup.com. And that is my personal email. Guys, finally, the final thing is that if you are ever flying through LA and you want to meet up and catch up for you know maybe lunch or breakfast or we want to go grab a beer, I always love hanging out with other real estate entrepreneurs. I live in uh, in Culver City, just a short drive from the airport. So again, if you do want to hit, just let me know ahead of time and hit me up at read at rsnpropertygroup.com. Okay, enough of me blabbing on. Let's get cracking and into today's show.
Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Bryce Robinson, who is also a fellow Aussie who moved to the US six years ago for love, but he recently has developed a massive interest in mobile home parks. Bryce has over 20 years experience in construction, real estate, and business. He has traveled to over 50 countries across six continents and has also owned five businesses in five different countries. Bryce has now started Property Works, which helps the local, national, and international buyer with their mobile home park investing needs. G'day Bryce, welcome to the show. How you going Reed? Thanks for having me. Good, welcome, welcome and I love having other Aussies on this show. It's really, really good to see other Aussie entrepreneurs out here in the US making a go of it. So um, that's awesome. Thanks mate and thanks for having me and uh, just to start off mate, I'd like to say hats off to you for what you've put together here. I really think you're providing a massive amount of value and it's just a great thing that you're doing that. Thanks, buddy. I much appreciate it. You were you're the first person to say that. <laughs> but, mate, I always like to ask my guests when they come on the show, could they give uh, the listeners something that, that most people might not know about you? Or can you tell us something that most people might not know about you unrelated to being a successful real estate entrepreneur? Sure, mate. Probably the fact that, and you kind of touched on it just then, I traveled around the world for six years. And that was just an amazing adventure of traveling around the world and enjoying a lot of adrenaline sports and just having a whole lot of fun. And, uh, you know, some of the highlights in there were like running with the bulls in Spain. And I know that you read, you've done that yourself. Yes, I have. So, you know, the fun of that. And I just think that was an amazing experience, really opened up my eyes. And like you mentioned before, I met my wife at the end of that trip and, and then ended up in America. Fantastic, buddy. So... You know, with that being said, let's hear, let's hear a little bit more about your background. How did you get involved in real estate? Because not everyone just moves to another country halfway across the world like yourself and just starts, you know, oh, hey, I want to get involved in real estate investing and in particular mobile home parks. Sure. Yeah, well, the reason that we got involved in real estate was because of all the traveling that I did. When I was traveling, I would base myself somewhere for three months and then go travel for three months and then come back. And each time I came back, I was starting at scratch. I had to raise my money again for my next trip. And then I kept doing that along the line and I kept saving bigger chunks of money. But each time I came back, then it was like I was starting from scratch again. So when we started here in America, and my wife's from America, we actually decided that, all right, how can we sustain that similar lifestyle of living wherever we want to live, doing what we want to do, but still having passive income coming in? And I have a 20-year background in construction, and my wife has a 20-year background in mortgage and finance, sorry, a 12-year background in mortgage and finance. So it was natural that we progressed into real estate. Awesome, buds. You sound like a power couple, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. I mean, real estate's definitely our gig and it's working out really well for us. Awesome. Yeah. Each episode, I do like to talk about a certain topic so my listeners can get their or take their investing career to the next level. And one topic that I haven't covered in exclusively is mobile home uh, investing, uh, you know, to, which develops a ton of cash flow because I hear from yourself and from other awesome entrepreneurs out there who are investing in mobile home parks. So let's start at the beginning. Do you want to explain to those listeners out there who might not uh, who might not be familiar with the asset class of mobile home parks exactly what it is? Sure. So basically to break it down to the bare essentials, the ultimate business in mobile home parks is just renting land to people who have their homes on them. And ultimately we like to have the people that own their homes. We want them to own their homes and then they just pay us for lot rent. So we're really just renting out land ultimately. 
Okay. And what's the difference between a mobile home park and a trailer park? Well, that's sort of subjective and it's sort of a pretty gray area. But I suppose a trailer park would really be the name that goes back to the day when there was old movie stars that used to travel through town back in the early 1900s and they needed somewhere nice to put their nice trailer. And then as time progressed and World War II happened and then we had a lot of military people living in there and then there were all these really small lots, really small trailers and And they ended up not really being that productive for the kinds of homes that are made these days that are much larger. So I suppose essentially a a trailer park would be your old worn down, beat up park with small lots and and, and whatnot. Right, right. And so when someone says to me mobile home, it's essentially still a home, but it's not on wheels. It just means it could be put on the back of a truck and shipped around the country, correct? Exactly. And a mobile home is actually going to be set down and it's going to be tied down and it's going to be signed off by your local inspector and you're not going to just pick it up and move it. You're not going to throw it on your truck and take off. In fact, that's one of the reasons that we have such high occupancy in our communities is because people don't tend to leave once they bring a home in because it costs around about $4,000 plus just to bring a home in and, and tie it down. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, like I speak a lot about on this show about multifamily investing. I talk about the different classes of, of buildings that you can buy in multifamilies, you know, class A, class B, class C, and then you've got your neighborhoods, which is class A, class B, class C. Is that any different to mobile home park investing? It is a little bit different. In mobile home park investing, we seem to use a star rating system and there's no completely set in stone system, but there's a rough guideline of a one to five star rating, one being your bottom of the bottoms and five being your amazing park with, you know, all the facilities and everything going on for it. And so the things that actually define the star rating is, does it have dirt roads or paved roads? That's one of the main things we look at. If it's got paved roads, then it's going to, you know, start coming in at maybe like two stars and above. And then we're also going to look at the, the sizes of the lots and the types of infrastructure that it has there, whether the park owns it or the city owns it, and then the quality of it as well. And so once you're getting up into the four-star and five-star parks, now we're talking about the roads probably have curbs on them and there's going to be swimming pools and facilities and all the bells and whistles that go along with it as well. Right, right. So what type of park start are you investing in currently? Typically anything from about one and a half stars to three stars seems to be a good place to buy a distressed property that we can make improvements on and just generate a lot of forced appreciation. Right. And talking about those improvements, like anything, it's a, I take it's a commercial asset. So you were looking to increase that net operating income. And I love forcing the net operating income on any asset class, whether it be mobile home parks, uh, multifamilies, or even like some storage units. So I know how to do it in multifamilies in, in, in terms of increasing that NOI. How do you do it in a, in a mobile home park? Yeah. Uh, so basically, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things we can do. We can look at the revenue and increasing the revenue. And how we do that is buying low occupancy parks and then filling the lots. And we can either fill them by advertising for people to come in and bring their own homes in, or we can bring some homes in, either new homes or old homes and rehab them and sell them off to new tenants. Um, like you were saying, uh, 
The, the mobile home park is actually based off uh, income. So as soon as we increase the income, we obviously increase the value of the park. And other ways we can do it is we can also build back utilities. We could build back the water. We could build back the trash. Uh, we could maybe sub-meter the water as well. And other ways we can do it is we can um, bump up the advertising and marketing as well to bring in a lot more people, a lot more occupancy. Right, right. Interesting. And just you touched briefly on that, and I think we just want to make it clear to all the listeners out there that you're not in, if I've got this right, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you're not in the business of owning those little mobile home parks or on top of the pads, you're just in the business of owning the pads and then the renter actually owns the little house or, or, or whatever it is, the mobile home the mobile home on top of the pad, right? You don't want to be owning those mobile homes. That's exactly right. That's exactly correct. That's the ultimate business plan. And due to the nature of buying a distressed property, usually we get some of the homes with it. But one of the first things we want to do is turn those homes back to the tenants so that all the tenants own their homes. When we don't own the, the, the actual mobile home, it means that we don't have to take care of the maintenance. And then ultimately, essentially, all we're doing is really just taking care of the plumbing and the roads and, and just collecting rents. Interesting. Okay, so you're, you don't want the burden of having the upkeep of a, these little mobile homes because I'm sure they, they're going to have to have some upkeep, right? They're going to have to have plumbing. They're going to have to have drywall. They're going to have to have roofs, you know, so electricity issues. So you just sort of sort of trying to put it back onto the, the tenant, so to speak. Absolutely, because here's what happens. When someone owns their own home, they have pride of ownership and they take it upon themselves to take care of their place. And then if they're just renting the place, if they don't own it, they might only want to stay there for six months, maybe 12 months. They'll be paying you for rent for the home on top of the lot rent, but then they might damage the place. They'll probably trash the place and then take off. And then now we're left with having to rehab the place. And then we have the holding cost until we find another tenant. And that cycle can go on and on and on and on. And yes, we make money off the homes, of course, but it's not really worth it for the headaches that are involved. And that is that because the the mobile homes themselves are just so cheap? Like what's a typical, if I was to go out and buy a brand new one from the factory, what would I be looking at to buy, buy it for? Well, you can buy base models from anywhere as low as like thirteen to 15000 But then by the time you put add-ons on there and then you get it transported and set down, you're looking at around about $30,000 plus. Okay, interesting. That's, that's for a single wide home. Right. And how, what's, the, what's the sort of square footage of that? Ooh, we'd be looking at maybe 700 square feet. Okay. Yeah. So, so like a typical one-bedroom apartment size for, for, a, for a mobile home? Yeah, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe like a two-bedroom, one-two-bedroom apartment. That's right. Okay, cool, man. It's such a new asset to me, you know, and it's been, it's blowing up here in the United States in terms of everyone's getting out of multifamilies because the multifamilies are hot right now and getting into mobile home parks. So also, what is the investment strategy uh, that when you go and buy a mobile home park? Well, I mean, I suppose the ultimate, well, there's a lot of different strategies. We like to use a few different one of the ones is a, a massive forced appreciation where we'll go in and we'll buy a park at around about a 10 cap or a 12 cap, do all these things that we were talking about, like filling vacant lots, raising the occupancy, um, raising rents up to market rents, billing back utilities. And then after a few years, it's not uncommon to be able to bring it up to a, a double that to a 20 cap. 
and then obviously you can you can sell it for a ten cap again. You got a lot of a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, well, a lot of room for profits there. And then another business model we use is also just a cash flow business model. They really are cash cows, so we can buy a higher occupancy park and just you know just keep bringing the money in every month. Sure, sure. And are you ever looking to like refi? Like you do, I'm sure you're going and you're doing your repositioning. You're doing all the the, the tweaks to it. You're putting, you know, maybe maybe putting new roads and you're, you're increasing the rents and you're building back the utilities. After a period of time, you've stabilized that asset, the mobile home, uh, the mobile home park, I should say. Are you then looking to refinance your money out of it and then sort of just put it on the shelf and let it operate as a cash cow? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. You know, I think as time moves along, there's also becoming better financing options for mobile home parks because, like you said, there's a bit more of an appreciation of of that as an asset class these days. So, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a good move. Right, right, right. And how are you finding your deals these days? Are you doing a lot of cold calling? Are a lot of brokers bringing you the deals? Because from an outsider point of view... I wouldn't have nowhere. I wouldn't know where to go or what broker to go to who's in the business of selling mobile home parks. Sure, I mean you can check for parks online. You can go to mobilehomeparkstore.com or you can go to loopnet.com. Um, I would say mobile home park store would be the best place to go for online listings. And then you can also contact brokers. But the thing you'll find about a lot of the deals that are out there, especially the ones online, is that for some reason, most of them seem to be listed for about double what they're actually worth. So you really have to sift through a lot and put in some really low ball offers. But if you're going to work with a broker, we're really looking at off-market listings. So we want pocket listings. So it's all about building relationships with brokers so that we can get those pocket listings that nobody else is getting. And, and that's really the way to go with brokers. Another way, like you said, cold calling. That's a great way to track down mobile home parks. Um, you know, I have a bunch of interns that are taking care of all the skip tracing and finding the information. And then we, we have a conversation with the owner. And the cool thing about cold calling is a lot of people that are selling their parks or that own mobile home parks right now are moms and pops and old school guys that aren't, aren't investor savvy. And they're not like real estate guys. They just own a property and they've just somehow been managing to run it and to have a good conversation with those guys really negotiable um, and you'll find that they weren't thinking about selling their park but now they are and you can get a lot of seller financing and you can really play with the terms and get get some creative financing going on there as well and that's that's uh, that's a key I, I love what you just said seller financing it's uh I love it, you know, to as a strategy for anyone getting involved in any sort of commercial asset. And I suppose with your mum and pop shop guys who've owned these sort of mobile home parks for 20, 30 years, as you said, they're not as sophisticated or maybe as savvy investors to get to, to create a cash income or an income for them, a passive income, because they're doing some seller carryback financing. It's a win-win situation. You don't have to deal with as much, you know, headaches with the banks. They have set up, you set up for them a a passive income stream. So do you typically try and uh, always use seller carryback financing in your deals when you're structuring a, a transaction? Yeah, we always go for it. We don't always get it, but <laughs> it's definitely out there. And yeah, I mean, it's it's like, what are you guys going to do with your money after this? You know, I mean, do you, are you just going to take one big chunk out and pay a whole bunch of capital gains? Or are you, do you actually like the cash flow and you're just sick of managing the property? 
And if that's the case, then it works out really well. Like you said, Reed, you know, it's really easy to close on a property from a financing perspective if we don't have to jump through all the hoops of regular financing. And it just ends up being a win-win situation. And, and as you, you hit it a little bit on, uh, or touched on it, I should say, before, that more financing options are now more readily available for mobile home parks. Mm-hmm. Has traditionally been, there's not been much financing options for mobile home parks? Yeah, and as time moves along, it's starting to, I suppose the spotlight is starting to be put on mobile home parks as being trustworthy with a track record for being good financing options. You know, I would say that five years ago, there was nowhere near as many options as there are now. And also on top of actual financing for mobile home parks themselves, there's also some programs out, one in particular that um, is backed by Warren Buffett, where they're actually financing homes in a partnership with the park owners uh, to to make it easier um, for tenants to actually get their homes financed as well. So there, so there's financing for homes and for parks now, which is quite competitive. And just one other question on that financing front: Are the big banks, you know, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, all those big banks, are they are they the typical lenders that you go to, or are they sort of more niche banks out there that just do mobile home park lending? Yeah, it's more niche. I mean, I was at the Mobile Home Congress and Expo in Vegas a few weeks back. And, you know, there was, I think, Bank of America. And then there was, you know, some other Californian banks there as well. But really, it's 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 different institutions that are investing. And you'll even find that there's uh, insurance companies that are creatively financing these as well. Are you actively working with any international groups right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm working with some investors in Australia, some investors in Australia that are looking for some attractive returns in America. So it's pretty exciting. So not only are we working with funds in Australia, we're also working with um, self-managed super funds, which Mm. is similar to the self-directed IRA here in America. Interesting, interesting. I've always wanted to talk a little bit more about that on the show. I know when we first met, we uh, you were asking me if you knew of anything or I, I had any experience with that, and I definitely don't have any experience with uh, helping particularly Australian investors uh, use their self-directed super funds to buy U.S. real estate because I've, mm-hmm. I've heard it's more and more lucrative. You know, Obviously, the yields are really good over here, so it, it just makes sense to place your retirement account into something that is just a cash cow. So mobile home parks, <laughs> here they come. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Bryce, with all your experience in investing in mobile home parks, I know you're primed to give me your top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Sure. Mate, what's the most successful habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? <laughs> I would say setting my alarm for like major meetings, major events, and milestones throughout my day. I mm-hmm. probably have my alarm go off about 15 times. Mm-hmm. And for me, that helps me stay really organized and stay on track and stay in my integrity. Fantastic. Setting your alarm. Uh, my girlfriend does the same thing. Uh, if I did it for my day, my 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 phone would be going off like twenty five times in a day. But I guess I guess it keeps it on track. So fantastic stuff, mate. Uh, what's the most influential tool you use in your real estate business? I know you'd have to have one. Yeah, I would probably have said in the past it was my email, but these days it's definitely the phone. I'm on my phone a lot. You know, I'm talking to people all day, so really, it's definitely my phone. And with having technology on phones these days and always being on the road, it really is my most influential tool. 
Yeah, it's pretty much like having a small office, right? You got your mobile, you got your phone, you got your email, you got your Facebook status. <laughs> That's real, what else do you want, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, mate. Mate, what's the most exciting project you're working on right now? I'm working on a park in Phoenix. It's 100% occupied. It's about 100 spaces, and it's a, it's a blue collar industrial park. Really good pricing. So. Yeah, that's that's probably the most exciting thing I've got going on right now. Fantastic. What are the sort of metrics on that thing uh, in terms of what you're picking it up for? What's the sort of cap rate? What's the cash flow you're looking to uh, to get it under under wraps? Yeah, we're looking at around about a ten cap right now, and um, you know it's it's definitely providing a good cash flow. We're still tossing up whether we're going to get uh, seller financing or whether we're actually going to get a loan on it. So we'll see how this one pans out. It's still in the works. Fantastic. And um, we, what's a, I didn't ask you this earlier in the show. What's a typical like price per pad? You know, we in, in multifamily we do mm. price per door. What do you do in price per pad on a when you're trying to pick it up? What's like a good number for a two star park? Yeah, like really good numbers would be somewhere between five to ten thousand per pad. But that's a that's a pretty aggressive number. You're more than likely going to see them around about like twelve to fifteen. Um, but yeah, and that's with and that's sort of like with some of them having mobile homes on them and some of them just empty, right? Yeah, some of them with homes and some of them empty. Obviously, all the empty lots are developed. They've got all the pipe work and the mm-hmm. utilities and the pad and everything like that. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, we just we digressed a little bit. But I just wanted to uh, know, give a, get a rough order of magnitude. Um, Bruce uh, Bryce, I should say, what's the most? Who's the most influential person in your career today? I would say Frank Rolf. For those of you who don't know Frank Rolf. He's one of the leaders in the mobile home park industry, definitely where I got my education from. He's one of my mentors. And, you know, I think right now him and his partner have over 200 parks. I mean, I was talking to him last week and he was in escrow on 25 mobile home parks. So the guy takes massive action. He's been, he's one of the pioneers that made all the mistakes in the beginning. And, and now he's, um, you know, really proving his success. And he's a really great mentor, really great leader in the industry. And uh, so, yeah, Frank Rolf. Frank Rolf, mate. That's awesome. Um, I'll have to check him out. Uh, last question is the best U.S. deal you've completed to date? I'd say the best deal I've completed today would be my park in California. And I would say that because typically we don't see the low cap rates in, in California. And I ended up grabbing that one for a 12 cap. So I'll actually take my hat off to myself for that one because that's a really <laughs> rare deal. Awesome. Awesome. And where is that one located? That one is in Kern County. In yeah. California. Okay. Yeah, about three hours above LA. Fantastic. Awesome stuff, mate. Um, well, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? Absolutely. You can visit our website at www.propertyworks and works has a Z LLC.com. Or because my phone's my favorite tool, you can also reach me on my phone at 714 Fantastic, mate. So that was uh, propertyworksllc.com. And we're going to have all all that information up on my website in the show notes. Well, Bryce, you truly are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, understanding mobile home investing. I've really enjoyed chatting with you today um, just about the asset class in general of mobile home parks. It's really, really interesting. I know a lot of people will be listening and realizing the massive cash flow potential that these type of investments have to offer. So fantastic stuff, mate. Thanks for dropping by and chatting with us. Have a great rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Reid. 
Well, there you have it. A great insight into understanding mobile home and park investing. It's just another asset class to be aware of when you're developing your portfolio. Having assets that produce massive amounts of cash flow across different asset classes is extremely beneficial and helps mitigate against market fluctuations if you diversify across a few different asset classes. Sustained cash flow from renters means long-term wealth. Now, make sure you check out all the show notes for a summary of today's conversation with Bryce. Just head over to my website at rsmpropertygroup.com. Just remember to click on the podcast tab. And also, if you are now offering a free 30-minute consultation with all my loyal listeners on the show, on the call, we discuss anything you want to get started in terms of you know, getting started in real estate investing or how to raise your first 100K. This is not a sales call. It's just me giving back to my listeners. If you are interested, hit me up at my email at info at rsmpropertygroup.com and put in the subject line, free 30-minute chat. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about on this show, continuing to grow your knowledge. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching Reed Goosens. And if you are in the giving mood, please give back to the show by jumping on iTunes and giving the show a five-star review. I really would appreciate it as it helps us grow our community of eager listeners wanting to invest in the United States. We're going to do this all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. 